All right. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Here again. All right. Before we start, we'll just open with a word of prayer before we do anything else. Uh, Lord, thank you for bringing me here uh, to preach again, Lord, uh, in front of your people, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that uh, what you've prepared and what I'll through me and what I would say, Lord, um, would be acceptable in your sight, Lord. If there's some, you know, please don't let me say anything, Lord, that would um, that would dishonor you, Lord. I pray that what you'd want me to say would be said, and what you, you know, anything that. Um, you don't want me to say, Lord, I pray that I'll refrain from saying that. Lord, please strengthen me and give me the boldness to speak as I ought to speak. Uh, thank you. Thank you for bringing us all together tonight. Please strengthen me, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that your people will go away blessed, edified, and uh, on fire for you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And thank the Lord also for Nehemiah. He's, how old are you now? Eight? Yeah, eight. And he's running the sound desk for me while I'm up here. All right, Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12. And this is, um, this is talking about um, Esau. And we'll, start, we'll start actually in verse 7, though. 7 through to 17. So if we all rise... We'll rise for the reading of the word, and we'll read it alternately as we do in the morning. So I'll read verse 7, you guys read verse 8. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be Furthermore, we have had our fathers of the flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we, shall we not much rather be in subjection unto, our father, unto the Father of spirits and live? For they early for a few days chasten us after your own pleasure, but he for our profit, that he might be now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards it yieldeth the peaceable fruits of righteousness unto them which are ex- exercised thereby. Wherefore, lift up the hands that And make straight the paths of your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator, or any person, and so on, one person of me, so before his brother. And together, for ye are not how after we win. He was rejected and found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Alright, you guys can be seated, unless you want to stand up for the rest of the evening. <laughs> That's an option. Um, Alright, so I'll just give a, there will be a bit of an introduction and then there's, after that there will be two, two things that I want to draw out of verse 17, but before we get to verse 17... Um, it says, in, it says from verse 7, it says that sometimes God will chasten us 
And sometimes he will put, a, put us through a hard time, and that's often to draw us closer to God. Draw nigh unto God, and he will draw near unto you. So he will often bring us into a hard situation so that we have to depend more on him and seek him. When we do uh, wrong, we need to confess it. It says, it says in the Bible, and I believe this would be in context as well, uh, let not the sun go down on your wrath. Now that is dealing with brothers and, and um, dealing with each other as brethren as well. But also if, if, you've, if you've got something that, you, that you're not happy with that, um, that, uh, that is towards God, if you've done something that you know is wrong and God is, you know, the Holy Spirit in you is pricking your heart and saying, you, you know, you need to get this right, you need to get this right, get it right um, before the sun goes down. Ask God to forgive you. Don't wait. Um, don't put it off. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Well, we can get right with God. Um, so, there's, so there's times like that that God puts us through a hard time. But also there's times that you're trying, like Job, to do the best you can and nothing seems to work out. And you can't see the way ahead. And sometimes, uh, like it was with Job, the de- or or like Jesus said with Peter, that you know the devil is asking to sift you. And sometimes the devil is going to put us through a hard time, and God's going to use that uh, to bring bring about patience in our life, that He can perfect us. Um, but through this, we still need to trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Even though things don't seem to go your way, tr- keep trusting in the Lord. Keep reading your Bible. When times are hard, keep reading your Bible. When you don't see the way ahead, keep reading your Bible. And this is a verse that, uh, that stuck out for me for a little while, but this is one that Kirsten brought up to me the other week. And this is Psalms 20, and in verse 6 and 7 it says, Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him for his... For his sorry, he will hear him... Lost my place. Now know that I, the, that I the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him out of his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. So some people trust in what they can do. Some people trust in the might of the world. They can see because they can see it. But it says here that we will remember the name of the Lord. Can you, can you uh, name yourself among those people that when you are in a hard, if you if you're in a hard valley and you can't see the way ahead? Will you still trust the Lord? Psalms 25, uh, 2 and 3. Psalms 25. I want to try and move quickly and I'm not helping myself. Psalms 25. Two and three. O oh my, oh my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemy triumph over me. 
Yea, let none that wait upon thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Now you might say that we don't have many enemies in New Zealand as, as such as, as the prison um, that, that will outly go and afflict us. But as Pastor was preaching this morning, the devil is our adversary. And the devil is standing, as, he, as Pastor said this morning, the more Pastor preached, the more I thought my message needed you know, some blood sugar or something. <laughs> it was kind of, anyway, preaching my message, but that's okay. Um, so, just like Joshua, the high priest standing before God, and the devil stood, at, stood there to resist him. The devil will stand there accusing, he's the accuser of the brethren, and he will resist us. But this says, O oh my God, I trust in thee, let me not be ashamed, let not my enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait upon thee be ashamed, let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Psalms 31, uh, 24, this is just, this isn't the, the message, this is just leading up. Psalms 31, 24, and it says, Be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. And Psalms 34, Psalms 34, 22, it says, The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. So though you can't see the way ahead, Keep on trusting the Lord. Even if you've thought that you've done everything right and nothing still seems to be going uh, in your favor, just like it was with Job, things seem to start going backwards. But you keep on trusting the Lord, you keep on reading your Bible. It says here that the Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants and none of them that trust him shall be desolate. And going back to Hebrews 12, Hebrews 12, and we'll try and keep trucking. Hebrews 12, verse 12 and 13. Wherefore lift up your hands which hang down and your feeble knees, and make straight the paths of your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out the way, uh, but let it rather be healed. Um, Sometimes in our Christian life, we don't realize that you know, younger folk, or young, not necessarily younger folk, but people that have been saved at a later stage from you are spiritually younger than you, and they are looking up to you as an example. The Bible is our ultimate example, but people will automatically look up to what they, you know, they can see you, they can see how you're acting, and you better be careful of the influence you have on people. Are you leading people towards a more Christ-like uh, life, or are you leaving people to... Uh, to mock the Lord and to, to, you know, take lightly the word of God. You need to be careful because the people that are younger than us will be looking up to us. And it says here, you know, even when you're going through a hard, t- t- hard time, when you're going through a hard time, it says here, Wherefore, lift up your hands which hang down and your feeble knees. You know, keep your head up. Don't when you, Like when you're fasting, you don't, Deliberately go out of your way and make yourself look like you're fasting. You um, you're supposed to wash your face and look you know look clean. So when what I'm saying to you is when you're going through a hard time, don't go up to everybody and go, oh, I'm going through such a hard time, and and make a thing of it. 
Just keep your head in your Bible, keep your face in your Bible, keep reading it, keep trusting in the Lord. And if somebody asks you, just say, uh, for example, our house rental situation, we don't know what's going on with it, and our boss is a Christian, and he's, you know, we've been talking, and um, he was asking, you know, what's going on, and I, I said to him one time, I, you know, I don't know what's going on, we don't have anywhere to rent, but... Uh, you know, God will provide. God will provide, and we can't see what's going to happen, but God will look after us. It's all, it's all right. Um, and it's just, um, it's amazing the things that's happened um, after that. And you just trust, trust in the Lord. Keep your face in, in this book, not Facebook. Keep your face in, in the Word of God. Don't worry about yeah. Don't worry about uh, what other people think of you as such, because the problem with Facebook and things like that is you you're more worried about what your friends think about you than what the Word of God thinks about you. You know, and so don't particularly if you're in church or something like that. You ought not to be on your phone when you're in church because who are you texting anyway? Who are you messaging? Those people are probably in church somewhere anyway. And so you're being rude and interrupting them, and they're being rude and interrupting you, and you both know where each other is, you know. It's, and it's not just a respect to yourselves, this is a respect to the Lord, because, you know, we've come here to serve the Lord. You know, brethren, we have met to worship and adore the Lord our God. So people are looking up to us, and, uh, and it says here, it says here, uh, follow peace with all men. This is verse, uh, verse, verse 13 actually. And make straight the paths of your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out the way, and let it rather be healed. In verse 14, follow peace with all men, and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. 15, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up, trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. So people are looking up to us for an example because we've been in the church for a while. We, you know, some of us young men, we're preaching up here, and people are going to look up to us. And it says, it says somewhere in the, I can't remember off the top of my head. It says, "Be not many masters, for you shall receive the greater." Is it the greater condemnation? Yeah. Because we have a higher responsibility. Because when we're up here preaching, people look at us, and if we are leading the people to do something, and if you're, you know, an elder, an older person in the church, it's the same or very similar kind of thing. You've got to be careful what you are teaching the people. Is it, you know, rightly divided from the Word of God? Can you see it in the Bible? And because these people, they look up to you. You know, like the young, not even the younger people in the church. Even somebody older than you that has been in the Christian faith less time than you, they look at you and go, well, this is, you know, this person's uh, good at preaching or this person's, you know, good, good, at, good in the choir. This person's, you know, friendly, friendly, you know, usher in the church. I want to be like this person. And so we better be careful that our testimony and that our conversation is godly because we're going to pass that on to the next generation. And it says here, make straight the paths of your feet. Because those people, 
particularly the unsaved people, when you're, when, you're, when you're not walking straight, when you're not following the Word of God without twisting and turning, and you're trying to make up your own way, and you're trying to say, okay, yeah, I'm saved, but this way is okay, I can, I can go off and do this because the Bible isn't specific on that. Or I can go over here and the Bible's not specific on that. But, you know, the first, the first law is, you know, love the, love the Lord thy God with all the heart, mind and soul, and the second is like it, love thy neighbour as thyself. And all the, you know, all the law hangs on that. So, although it may not be, it may not be, um, it may not be specifically stated in that, but if you do something that will cause offence to your, to your brother or sister, and they don't want to worship the Lord anymore, it's one thing if you are in line with the Word of God and they're not. And they, they don't want to line up with the Word of God, and they are stiff-necked, and they don't want to listen to God, and they walk out. That's one thing. But when you are out of line with the Word of God, and you are, you know, you're offending them, and causes them not to be in church, or particularly if they're not saved... If they're not saved, because you, you made the path crooked for them. You know, they, they would only accept the gospel because they see your life and you've made the way crooked for them because you're not walking upright, you're not walking according to the scriptures, you're going, I can do this, I can get away with this. And you're just, you're looking for things to get away with. Like Pastor was talking about with his training in the fire brigade, they weren't they weren't looking to teach them. They were looking for things to pull them up on, how, how to get them caught out rather than how to teach them as, as such. And it's a, it's a bit like that. Some of us, we go to church and we're looking for ways to get by, ways to uh, avoid what God wants us to do. And we go, this isn't very necessary. But the problem with, the problem with walking a crooked life is you make it um, hard for other people to see the way ahead as well. Make it hard for the other people. And because they see you, you're not walking straight, and they say, this is how Christianity is, you know, and I think most of us can testify it. Lots of us people know really nice people that aren't Christians. And they say, well, these people here, they're, they're really nice. You know, this guy's been with his wife longer than I can remember him, and he's not a Christian. You know, he, everything seems to have worked out for him. So if your testimony is not straight, if you don't make your testimony and your life straight, you cause it to be like a joke for other people, and they go, well, that's what Christianity is like. I'd rather not. I'd rather not listen to God because I'm, I'm better off as I am. Um, so make make your path straight um, will help lead other people to Christ. It says here in verse 15, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, thereby many be defiled. So it says, looking diligently, lest any man fail. So when you are going through a hard time, keep in the Word of God, keep reading the Word of God, looking diligently, lest any fail of the grace of God. You will get grace and peace as you read the Word of God. As you pray and you pray and you pray and you spend hours meditating on the Word of God, uh, 
you will find grace. And it says, as we as we know, this is turning out to be my message, not introduction. In Psalms, Psalms one, it says here, bless, uh, it says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. And his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Stay in the word of God. You don't know how, you don't know how it's going to work out. You don't know what God's going to do. But it says here, He who meditates on the word of God day and night, he shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. And, you know, even when times get hard, his, his, you know, he will still bear fruit in his seasons and his leaves will not wither, as it were. And if, if you bail out, if, 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 as soon as times get hard and you just oh, can't, can't do this anymore, you jump off the ship and you get in your, your rowing boat and you go for sure, I can't do this anymore. As soon as you bail out and as soon as you, as you give up, you cause others to be defiled and people that were weak in their faith won't walk with the Lord anymore because they see you blow out. Keep looking diligently, lest any fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up, trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Okay. So yeah, even even when you don't feel uh, like, even when you don't feel like reading the Word of God, keep reading it. Keep reading it. And it says in John fourteen uh, twenty six, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So I said. Uh, one of the times I preached before, I think it was in the youth. I think it was in the youth program, uh, so it wouldn't be recorded. But it's, it was in the youth program. I taught on on this verse, saying that um, that he'll bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So if you, so whatsoever things I've said unto you. So when you read the word of God, God speaks to you, and God is saying that He can bring that. He will bring that to your remembrance. And I was preaching on that in regards to when you are witnessing to somebody, whether it be on the street or at work, if you read the Word of God, God will bring that to your remembrance when you need it. And that's true. When you go to speak somebody the Gospel, you go, I don't know what to say, but you pray and you just open the Word of God with them. And it's amazing how God will give you Scripture after Scripture, even if you don't have your Bible on you. God will bring to remembrance whatsoever you have said unto you. But God can't, or God won't bring that to your remembrance if you don't read your Bible, because it says, I'll bring to, I will bring to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. But if you don't read the Word of God, well, He'll still bring to your remembrance whatsoever He said unto you, which is nothing, because you're not reading it. You know? And it's the same when you're going through a hard time as well. When you're going through a hard time, God will bring to you the remembrance of what He has said. When promises don't seem to be answered, God will bring to you your remembrance whatsoever He has said unto you. But if you're not reading your Bible, He is not saying anything to you. Yeah, that's right. 
So when you when you're going through a hard time, and he brings to you your to remembrance of what he has given you in the past, it will be nothing, because you're not interested. You're not reading. You're stiff-necked. You're not hearing. You're saying amen to the preacher, but you're not reading in your spare time. It is better if you're silent in church and study your Bible at home than yell at church and have a good time, which is, is good to encourage the preacher. It's good to encourage the preacher and to, to have lively preaching. But it is, it is better that you walk right with God from day to day rather than putting on a show at church. First uh, Peter 5, 7, and this is... If you were writing, if you were writing notes, it might be good just to write some of these down, and um, instead of me reading them all out, it's pretty familiar anyway. Uh, five and in seven it says, "Casting all your cares upon Him, for He careth for you." So even though the times seem hard, God says, "Cast your cares upon Him; He careth for you." And you can write down. I'll just, I'll just. Um, you can, you can just uh, write these down and re- read them later. So God cares for you. Uh, Psalms 37, 23. Psalms 119, uh, verse 105. And God, this is, this is interesting. This is something I, I uh, was, was writing my sermon actually for last week. And I was reviewing it during, during the week because I, I didn't get that opportunity to preach. And I was looking at it and reviewing it, and I just kept on adding to it. Um, but this is something interesting that I wouldn't have come across if we went on Queen Street on Friday, and it's just something I wouldn't have wouldn't have thought of. Because this says here that God cares for His children. God cares for His children. But does that mean that He cares for? <coughs> now He cares for everybody because He, you know, He's, he's died. For all, you know, but are all his children? It says in Romans eight fourteen and sixteen, and a drink of water wouldn't, wouldn't go amiss. Um, Romans eight fourteen and sixteen. For as many as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For they have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So this says here that we are adopted into the family of God. And in the Gospel of John, in verse 1, chapter 1, verse 12, Sorry. Chapter 1, verse 12, and it says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And so as Pastor said this morning, you know, that if, if you don't believe, you are the child of the devil, and it is God that gives you the power when you receive him to become the sons of God. See, that's what I meant by he was stealing my message. <laughs> Every second point, but that's okay. Um, but as many received him, uh, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. To as many, 
even to them that believed on his name. Um, so not all of us are the children of God. But God will, ke- if you put your trust in the Lord and you ask God to save you and he will save you, then God will look after you and God won't leave you desolate. First uh, Thessalonians uh, 2, 11 and 12. I'll just... Um, First Corinthians two. Eleven and twelve. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and judged every one of you, as a father does his children, that you would walk worthy of God, who has called you out of his uh, called you unto his holy kingdom and glory. So when you know, when we don't feel like reading the word of God Read it anyway, and it, it, encourage each other. You know, you see, you see somebody that is down. Go and encourage them. You know, somebody's going through a hard time, and people are going through a hard time. Go and encourage them. It says, exhort and comfort, and charge. You know, exhort each other and comfort each other. And, and it says that they charged every one of you, as a father does his children, that we would walk worthy of God, who has called you. Unto his kingdom and glory. And um, so, not all are not all are his children. But um, I think we'll just we'll just move on now. So, move on to the main point. The main point is in uh, Hebrews again. Hebrews twelve and in verse sixteen and seventeen. Myself. Okay, it says here, and this is about Esau. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of bread sold his birthright. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance. Though he sought it carefully with tears. Must be singing all afternoon, all day. (laughs) Alright, so I'll read that one again. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau who, for one morsel of bread, sold his birthright. For ye know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Now you wouldn't have thought necessarily that you know Esau had carefully sought uh, his birthright again with tears, but that's, that's what it says here. And so this is what I, this is what I get across. There's a couple of applications I want to get across, and ones to the lost man, and ones to the um, to the Christian. And so I want to get that across uh, for you today. So the first one, as as it was with Esau, you know, you can come to church all your life. I've, I've you know I've heard things said like. Um, you can be baptised, you know, in every creek, or that was an American saying, but I'll translate it into New Zealand. You can, you can, 
you can be uh, you know you can be baptized in every river from here to Wellington you know you can be baptized in those rivers so many times that you know every tadpole by name but it's not going to save you it says here that you know for one morsel of bread he sold sold his birthright and you can go back and read this story here and later if you want to write that down this is the reference in Genesis in uh, Genesis 25 30 to 33. So, don't, so this is the message. Don't sell out. You know, don't sell your birthright. Don't sell out on your birthright. So you can come to church and you can hear all this good preaching as such. You can hear the Bible being rightly divided. And you can come to church all your life. You can be baptized as many times as, as you want. But that's not going to save you. Um... You know, you've, you've heard the gospel presentation clearly, and as it were, as it were, you know, it says here that he sold his birthright. As it were, you have a birthright as such to go to heaven, as such. You know, if you just humour the, the thought for a minute. Because you, you've got the right as such to be born again. You know, there's not birthright as such, but you've got the right to be born again because you've heard the preaching. You know, you've heard the gospel. Many people haven't necessarily heard the gospel before in their, in their lifetime before they've died or haven't had it pieced together entirely. But you guys have. You, you know, you've been under the preaching, some of you, as long as you've been alive. And as it were, the right to go to heaven as such is yours because you've heard the preaching. You know? You've heard the preaching. You've heard the preaching. But the problem is, is when we sell out for one morsel of bread. You know, we, we want to do God's things and, you know, we want to have the favour of God, but we, we don't want to give up the things of the world to follow God. And we don't want to give up the things of the world. It says, as this is Moses in, in uh, chapter 11. It says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of, Pharaoh, of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. You know, the pleasures of sin that you are selling your salvation out for, you know, you, you'd rather, you know, you don't want to get saved. Like this, we met a guy on Queen Street the other day that said, he doesn't want to get saved as such because he'd have to give up his dope. He'd have to quit smoking. And he'd have to do this and that. And, you know, we said, don't, don't worry about that, you know. It, but it says, it says in the Bible, uh, I'll get there in a minute, I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself. But these people here, the, the, he, that person has now heard the gospel, and as it were, he is selling out his right for one morsel of bread. You know, it is, it is by the foolishness of the preaching of the cross that, you know, them who would be saved will, will be saved, you know. It was through the preaching that God has chosen to save them that which would be saved. And you've heard the preaching. But if, if you... If you don't, uh, if you don't submit to God and to, his, and to the, the the gospel, 
And you just want to go and do this worldly thing. And you just want to do this thing before you get saved or if you get saved. You know, you don't know that you have tomorrow. And it says in... Let's jump in ahead of myself as well. Um... So in Hebrews 12 and in I don't quite get why I wrote that reference. Anyway, um, Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4 and then verse 13. This is. Anyway, okay, we'll just we'll just move on. Just move on. Um, but but you see, people people who sell out their right to be to be saved as such, so they've heard the preaching, you know, and they they have a choice to submit to God. It says, "Behold, I you know I knock at the door. If any man will open the door, I will come unto him, and he will sup with me." It says, "Whosoever will take of the water of life freely, you know, let him come." And so it's open for those people that will receive the word of God. But the problem is we, we love our sinful way of living too much to humble ourselves before Almighty God. And we don't want to get saved. Or there's, there's people, and, and sometimes you can't see it, and it's a good thing sometimes we can't see it. Because God sees in the, the inward man. He sees the heart of the people. And you can come to church and you can slap the preacher on the back and say, Jolly good, you know, you can say, good sermon, you know, we, we, um, we were really blessed by that and have a big smile on your face and you can walk out there and you can live like the devil. It's not about what, um, about what we see, it's about what God sees. In um, 1 Peter, 1 Peter, Uh, 3 and in 21 it says uh, now listen carefully the like figure wherein to even baptize baptism both also now save us now this is in, now this is explaining that not the putting away of the filth of the flesh but the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ so can we say that we have a good conscience towards God <coughs> There was a Matthew, there was a man in um, in in the in the Bible, and it says that he, uh, you know, there was a publican and a and a tax yeah publican and a Pharisee, and one man was boasting and proudful in his prayer towards God, and the other man smote his breast and wouldn't even look up to heaven, and he said, "God, be merciful to me, a sinner." See, he had a good conscience towards God, and that's what saved him. He wasn't proud. He wasn't cocky. He wasn't saying, you know, I deserve this, because we don't deserve salvation. He submitted to God, and that's what saved him. He had a good conscience towards God, and it was by the resurrection of Jesus Christ that he could be saved. Um, So Esau sold his birthright out. He was like um, Lot's wife. You know, they were leaving Sodom. They were running from Sodom. And she looked back. 
and she turned into a pillar of salt because she, she sold her birthright, as it was, out for one morsel of bread. She just wanted that, just that worldly thing, just one more time. She just wanted that, you know, to have that worldly pleasure, just to see that worldly pleasure, just to be away from, you know, the church is so strict, you know, as such. And we don't, we, you know, as, as young adults, teenagers, you know, some, so many people in churches just walk away because things are too strict, you know, because they are not operating on the love of God, but they, they see it as, as the law, not as of love. And they sell out their birthright for one morsel of bread. You know, it says, in, it says about Moses, pleasure for a season. You know, that it's just for a season. You're selling something out that's it's not going to last. It's just a season. It'll be gone in a year. You know? It'll be gone in a year. And then you'll look, on, look for another pleasure. And that will be gone in its season. Season only for a quarter of a year. You know? As, as it were. Or it depends on what the season is. is it, if it's the football season, it lasts a little bit more than a quarter of a year. <laughs> um, but it's just temporal. It passes away. And you sell out eternity in heaven for pleasure that is just going to pass away in one season. And one day you're going to stand before God and you're going to say, well, I was in church, you know. I, and I, I'm a good person. I encouraged the preacher. I was out there handing tracks out, you know. I was in the choir. And God is going to look straight at you. And God's going to say, I never knew you. Worse than that. For, you know, God says, I, I never knew you. Depart me, cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for, his de- prepared for the devil and his angels. And so that's, you know, the people that thought that they were walking with God, but their hearts were not right with God, and never were right with God. They weren't trusting in his mercy. But worse still for the people that, uh, that uh, try and pull down the churches and try, and uh, it, says, it says for those, those kinds of people that when their time comes, that God will actually laugh at them and have them in derision. It says here in Psalms, um, Psalms 2, 2. Uh, why, should the, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine vain, a vain thing? The kings of the earth shall set themselves and the rulers to take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Now actually, thinking about it just now, this can actually apply in a church situation as well. Where the preacher wants to stand up there, he wants to preach the truth, and people in the congregation... Saying, uh, saying, you know, they, they want to heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They want to say, you know, what you're saying is hard, you know. Don't preach to us hard things. Preach to us soft things. And they pull down, they're trying to pull down the man of God that is anointed to preach the word of God and that watches and cares for our souls and they're trying to pull this person down. Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. He shall he that sorry he then shall he speak 
unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. When you stand before God and you say, well, I've been to church, you know, yeah, you've been pulling down the pastor, but you've been to church all your life, you know, you're a good person, and you stand before God and God says, depart from me, you have lasting, you know, depart from me, you accursed. You know, it says that he cast them into lake of fire. That's probably because you're not going to willingly go there. And God's going to laugh at those people and have them in derision that tried to pull down his men, the men of God, and tried to pull down the churches. God's going to laugh at them and have them in derision. And you're going to stand before, you know, those people are going to stand before God. And they're going to, you know, they've sold out their birthright. They could have been saved because they had the gospel, but they were stiff-necked and they refused the gospel. They refused God's grace. And they're going to stand, you know, it says every knee shall bow. One day those people are going to bow before God and they're going to cry with tears for God's mercy like Esau. They're going to plead for that birthright that could have been your, could have been theirs. They're going to, you know, grovel at God's feet and say, you know, I did this, I did that. But alas, we refuse from them. It says, For ye know how that afterward when he would have inherited the blessing. He would have inherited the blessing because he had the gospel. He was rejected for he found no place of repentance. You know, these people that don't repent, they're one day going to seek carefully with tears. But, you know, it says he was rejected. When you die and you stand before God, it's too late. It's too late. And you're going to say, you know, I did all these things. You know, I read the Bible. And I shared the Bible with these people. But your heart was never right with God because you never submitted unto God. You never submitted unto the gospel that Jesus Christ died for your sins. And one day you'll stand before God and you'll seek carefully with tears but it'll be rejected for you, from you, because it's too late. Hebrews 3. <clears throat> Hebrews 3. <clears throat> in verse 8, it says, Harden not your hearts as in the day of provo- provocation, in the day of temptation, as in, sorry, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. As in the day... No, I'll just start that again. Harden not your hearts as... In, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years, therefore I was grieved with that generation. They do always err from their heart. So it's from their heart that they're erring. So their heart was not right with God. And they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath that they shall not enter into my rest. So if your heart is not right before God, he swears that you will not enter into his rest. You will never have the peace of God in your life while you're here on earth because you don't submit to the word of God. And if you are saved, you will not have the rest and the peace of God upon you because you do not rest in the word of God. You do not put your trust in the scriptures. You do not read the scriptures. And therefore, God swears in his wrath that they shall not enter into his rest. But it says here, actually going back to verse 7, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today... Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Today, don't wait. 
I've said before, you know, there was a there was a traf- uh, in the traffic control that, you know, we were talking with this guy, and on on the site he was a an, an engineer as such, and he walked, you know, he, he did a site view, and we were on one site, he was on another site, Penrose Road. And so he was off visiting this other site, and we were packing down our site, and we were going up to help the crew up the road to pack down their site, and we came up, and the STMS, which is the supervisor, was on the side of his road on a phone, and this guy was laying at his feet with his, you know, his head was cracked open on the footpath, and he was bleeding, and he was a mess. And, he's, and the STMS says to us, Matthew and I, he says, go and help the boys pack up the site and make sure that the ambulance can get through. Make sure the ambulance can get through. It was reported, I think three days later, that man had died. In the morning, there was nothing wrong with that man. He must have had a stroke or something like that. It was known that he had a problem with uh, diabetes and things like that. But in the morning, there was nothing wrong with him. But he fell over and he cracked his head open on the footpath. You know, you don't know that you have tomorrow. Well, it is, to, well, it is called today... If you will hear his voice, you know, you've heard the preaching. If you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as the people did in the, you know, in the wilderness. Many, could not have ent- many did not enter into God's rest. Many did not enter into the promised land because they hardened their hearts and they would not listen to God. Um, so examine yourselves that, that you be, be in the faith. Make sure, make sure that you are saved. Um, and if, if you are saved, I, you know I don't want to cause you to doubt. I want to, I want you to be stronger in the Lord, always abounding in the, you know. I want you to be stronger. But if you are, if you are not sure that you are saved, even if, anyway. Chapter thirteen, Second Corinthians thirteen, verse five. It says, "Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves." Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be repro- you know, except you be reprobate. Is Christ in you? Do you have a desire to read the Word of God? You know, it says us um, preaching. Uh, well, I was preaching. I was handing out tracts one time on Queen Street, and I got talking to one guy. And he got offended and he walked off because I said something like, um, I was trying to give him an example of a, a guy that was on my work site. Because I'd asked him, are you a Christian? Uh, you know, no, have you been to church? And he said, yeah, I'm a Christian. And I said something like, you know, by what basis do you say that you're a Christian? Trying to uh, provoke him to see whether he, he knew the gospel, whether he was genuinely saved or not. And he said, well, why do you ask that? You know, well, why do you ask that? And I said, well... I know of guys, and I gave him an example of particularly a guy who was really drunk to the point where you know he was at work, and you know he drank so much out of work that he you know that he had a red face you know because of the alcohol. Even when he wasn't drinking, you could see that he was that he had been drinking because you could see the redness in his nose and his cheeks and his eyes, and he would say that he's a Christian. And yes, he could be a backsliding Christian. There's a possibility of that. Um, but he, you know, he's, he makes a mockery out of the Lord's name 
by taking the name of the Lord and then saying Christians can do this, Christians can do that, and you, you know, just live by the grace of God and, and you don't need anything else. You can just do whatever you want. And you can run around with women and you can just drink. And this man got offended and he walked off because he thought, it's, I guess, you know, what you say is a hard thing, you know. And sometimes it is. But the Bible says that no drunkard shall enter the kingdom of heaven. That's what it says. You know? And it's the heart of the people, not necessarily the drinking as such, but it's the heart of the people. You know, are you, are you saved? Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not, uh, sorry, know ye not your own selves, how that Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. You know, Christ is in you, Christ owns you. You know, he bought you with his own blood. Um, therefore, we should separate ourselves from separate ourselves from the world. So that's the that's the first point. So if you're not saved, well, it is called today. Don't put it off any further because tomorrow is not guaranteed. Because one day you're going to stand before God, and you're going to carefully seek that birthright that could have been yours. Could have been yours. It was right there. But you sold it out for worldly pleasure for a season. And you wanted to, you know, when, um, when the preaching came on, you, tu- you turned your music up. You found something to study on the wall or on the roof. And you're not listening to the preacher because you're rebellious. And you don't want to hear what God has to say to you. And you walk out there and you're, you know, you're on Facebook or whatever you're on. And you sell your birthright for one morsel of bread. For pleasure that will only last for a season. And one day you'll carefully seek that which would have which could have been yours, and you won't find it. Now the second application I want to give is, is more in regards to the person who is saved. So if we go back to I don't know, what time have we got? I'll try and preach quick. What time have we got? Huh? Does that mean it's it's the eleventh hour. <laughs> Time's up. <laughs> Maybe it'll have to be five minutes. Okay, I'll just try to get the the, um, the crux of the matter across. So, um, in uh, Hebrews twelve and back to seventeen, it says, "For you know how that afterward, when you would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears." Now, I'll just, I'll just try and get this across, uh, just try and get the main points across. Um, so we would have inherited the blessing. Now, in, in uh, 2 Timothy 2, 19 and, uh, chapter 2, verse 19 and 21, it talks about Christ using us as, as vessels, as it were, and a clean vessel being a vessel of honour. So if we're going to be used of God and be a vessel of honour and meet for the Master's use, we need to take heed to verse, uh, verse 22. I'll just get there myself. Uh, it says here um, in verse 22, and you just read this for yourself, uh, that whole piece. 
from 19 through to 23. But in 22 it says, Flee also youthful lusts. So if you want to be used as a vessel of honour to God, flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, with all them that call upon the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. So again, your heart needs to be right before God. And in First Corinthians, uh, yeah, First Corinthians, I think three eleven. That's not written out very well. First Corinthians three eleven. Oh yeah, it says, "For the foundation can no man lay that then that is laid, which is Jesus Christ." Now if any man build upon his foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, uh, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire." So you can see here that there are blessings if you if you build uh, with with the God godly and spiritual things in your life. If you will read the Word of God and you will build your life upon the Word of God, then you will have blessings in heaven. But you see, as it said in in uh, Hebrews, that this man Esau, you know, th- those blessings could have been his blessings, and those blessings, you know, could have been yours. But the problem is. When we build our lives out of worldly things, the wood, hay, and stubble, one day we're going to come before God and we're going to carefully seek those blessings which could have been ours, but they're going to be rejected from us because we, you know, we found no place of repentance. We did not want to turn from our wicked ways. We wanted to live like the devil. We wanted to live like the world and still go to heaven. And we still might go to heaven if, we trust, if we've turned and we've trusted to God. But when we build our lives on the worldly things and not the Word of God, then it will count for nothing. And when we seek the blessings in heaven, we'll come there and we'll cry. And, you know, we'll say, oh, you know, God, I've done this again for you. And you say, yeah, you saved and you've done this. But it doesn't amount to a hill of beans because it, your heart's not right. And you're going to come before God, and you, you know, with tears. And say, you know, why, 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 why? Um, and it's because while we're here on earth, we did not submit to God. Um, one of the most blessed things in heaven would be, would to be to have all our loved ones in heaven. That would honestly be the most, you know, apart from seeing Christ himself, that's the next best thing, to have every one of our relatives in heaven. And you see, that blessing could be yours. That blessing could be yours. But if we are silent and we don't give them the truth, if we don't teach them the word of God, one day we're going to get to heaven and go, where is everybody? Where is everybody? And we're going to seek our loved ones with tears. But it won't be given to us because it's too late. Why? Because we're silent. We're ashamed of the word of God because of the fear of man and because of our sinful living. I just want to try and get through. I'm, I'm actually nearly nearly finished. So we'll finish this outside if somebody will set some chairs up. <laughs> Isaiah 56. 
Isaiah 56, and I wanted to get, I particularly felt like I really wanted to get these these verses across um, when I was preparing the message. 56, 10, and 12. It says, His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all, they are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yet they are greedy dogs, which can never have enough, and they are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, everyone for his gain, from his quarter. The problem is when we're teaching, you know, the next generation down, when we're teaching the children, whether they be our children or other children, they see what we're like, you know, our children in the house, they see what we're like when we're not around the pastor. When we're not at church, our children see what we are like as such when the mask comes off, when, when we're not putting on a show. Not that we should be putting on a show, but they see what we are really like. And we need to be, you know, as, as adults, we need to guide them in the truth. And, you know, when they're doing something that's wrong, don't just lie down there and let them do something wrong. You know, a watchdog is supposed, or, a, you know, a dog, when somebody comes to the house, the dog will get up and bark. That's what dogs do. My dog, you've seen, you've seen her when she was, you know, still going. She was quiet. And, you know, you think, this dog doesn't have much of a bark in her. But when you come to the front door of our house, she's a very different dog. But we're not like that. We're placid as Christians all the time. We're not teaching the, the next generations. We just lie down and we just go, oh, okay. You know, Sodom accepts that now. We can accept that now. You know, and we vex our righteous souls, as Lot did. We don't uh, adhere to the word of God anymore. It says here, his watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. You know, we just love to slumber and we like to sleep. And, and in doing these things, we sell out the birthright that could have been ours. We sell out the right, you know, we sell out the blessings as well. You know, it's not a right to have every loved one in heaven. That's a blessing. Because we don't deserve to be there ourselves. That's a blessing. Amen. But we give those things up. And we were going to cry for those things later. But we give those things up because we just want the pleasures now. We don't want to embarrass ourselves and say to our family, oh, look, I'm a Christian now. You know, the way you're going is to death and destruction. We don't want to embarrass ourselves. It says in, in Deuteronomy 11, and so I'll just as, as we're turning to Deuteronomy 11, other blessings, um, if you're just writing things down, that you can miss out is the blessings of rest and peace in your life. And, and uh, just leave it there. Just uh, the, the blessings of peace and rest in your life is, is another. And the comfort, and you're going to miss out on that because you neglect the Word of God. You miss out on those things because you neglect the Word of God. But in, in uh, Deuteronomy, in uh, 11, in the wrong way, 11, 18, and 20, says there, it says, Therefore shall ye lay up these my words in your heart. How much of us are laying up the words of God in our heart today? 
How much are reading the Bible? How many of us are laying up the words of God in our heart? This is the last couple of verses. Um, um, Therefore shall ye lay up these my words in your heart and in your souls, and bind them for a sign upon your hand, that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. And ye, sh- and ye shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way. Then th- when thou sit- liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt write them upon the doorpost of thine house, and upon thy gates. When we go about our daily lives, we should not change the way we are, you know, from church to home. We should not put on a on a front because you know the children are gonna are gonna see that our hearts are not right with God, and they're gonna mock God and turn from God and be rebellious because there's nothing there's no depth to it. You know, because you mock God in your life, they will mock God. And what you do in ex- in moderation, your tr- children will do in excess. And it says here, when you go f- go about your life in the way, teach your children. Teach your children. Teach your children. Because then you inherit the blessings of God. It says a rod of correction will, you know, spare not your crying, for the rod of correction will say something about saving the soul from hell. There's a verse about that. Spare a soul from hell. Teach your children. Because otherwise, you know, you'll... You will regret it. You'll get to heaven later and you wonder where everybody is. And that's because you've been silent. You haven't read the word of God at home. You haven't taken it seriously. And so they didn't take it seriously either. Um, Let us not be like, you know, the watchmen that are silent. But let us stand up and be men and women of God. And let us read our Bibles, take it seriously. Let us repent. And trust in the Lord um, that we may inherit the blessings and, and trust trust in the promises of God. With that, we'll, uh, we'll pray. Um, thank you, Lord, for bringing us here tonight, Lord. And uh, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to preach, Lord. And sometimes, Lord, I feel that uh, what you've given me to say is, Lord, hard on your people. So, many of, you know, if not all of them are saved. Uh, that are here tonight, Lord. And Lord, I don't mean to beat on them, but Lord, to um, to build them up, Lord, make them strong. Lord, I want the, these people to to dig their own wells and not not rely on on the you know on their pastor as such for um, for the word of God as such, but they they would in their homes. And in their hearts, that they would meditate on the word of God, and that they would, their homes would be strong and built upon the Lord, and that their children, and that their relatives, and our relatives, Lord, would be saved, Lord. For I've I've got uh, two siblings, Lord, that are not saved, and I pray, Lord, that you would save them, Lord, and that you would strengthen us and soften their hearts, Lord, and soften the hearts of the relatives um, of the people here, Lord, and in your church. And I pray, Lord, that as as individuals and as a church, we would walk upright and honestly and godly in your sight, Lord. Pray that we would eschew evil, Lord, and walk uprightly 
Pray that we would uh, be pleasing in your sight. I pray, Lord, that we would be genuine in our faith and our love for you, Lord, and in the repentance and wanting to, to, uh, to do things right, Lord, in your eyes. Uh, all this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.